This is the What's Next podcast, Houston's number one platform where I invite creators to share their journeys and give us a depiction of their visions. Most importantly, the last question I'll ask is, what's next? Episode number 81. September's very own. Houston, Texas, I got a real estate test tonight, 11.50 p.m. Walk with me. Good old Easy e Saint, opening song by the Nice Guys. Houston, Texas, welcome back to episode number 81 of the What's Next podcast, a production of Still Visionary, Inc. Episode 81. The last month in the third quarter. Mm. Mm. In 30 days, really, 31 days, really, it's time to get busy, get ready for that fourth quarter. Facts. Fourth quarter is when I Mike Jordan them. Come on. <laughs> Cheer. <laughs> Cheer. Cheer. <laughs> um, I'm trying to come up with a new uh, tagline. All right. So I'll probably uh, look to do that. Uh, I'll probably... I'll probably Write it down and have it memorized before the end of the episode. Uh, Houston, Texas, um, before we get started with the episode. Faith. There is no Black Panther without Denzel Washington. Mm. Mm. Rest in peace to Chad Wick Bozeman. Rest in peace to him. Uh, rest in peace to John Tompkins Jr. Rest in peace to Clifford uh, Robinson. Yep. Um, thank God, Blake, uh, Jacob Blake is still going, is still alive with us. Yeah, and we need justice for Sandra, not Sandra Bland, but we need justice for Breonna Taylor immediately. Um, how you doing, man? Man, I'm good. I'm here, man. Yeah, it's about time. <laughs> Finally, it's, I'm here. It's about time. <laughs> cheer, cheer, cheer. <laughs> uh, this is episode number eighty-one. Uh, before we get started with our uh, with the podcast, let's introduce our social media handle so we don't disrupt the flow of the conversation when we get to that point. No doubt. Find me on Instagram, Mario Wanza. Facebook, Mario Wanza. Okay. Those are my two handles. Are you on LinkedIn? I am Mario Wanza on there, too. Okay, yeah. I just have to make sure because yeah. no uh, this girl I talked to in episode 46 of my podcast said that the adults be on LinkedIn. That's facts. That's yeah. facts. She said that, so uh, yeah, yeah. I knew it was, I was on to something when I uh, introduced that. But my name is John Ross Dyke the First. You can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at John Ross Dyke is still underscore visionary. If you would, connect with me on LinkedIn, subscribe to my YouTube channel, like my fan page on Facebook, and visit my website at stillvisionary.com. Directly in front of you, I have all my merch, and you can shop stillvisionary.com slash merch. Like that. Oh man, Uh, so how you doing man? Fam, I'm good man, we here, we surviving through this pandemic For sure God is good man Yeah, yeah, yeah Um, Episode 81 man, uh, long time coming Um, And I'd hope that in this episode we get to pick the uh, brain of a Houston actor Yeah Yeah. Find out the ins and outs um, and how to inspire the next generation Mm Mm-hmm what do you think people should take from our conversation today? Man, um, it's going to be in your hands. Your destiny is going to be determined by your decisions. And uh, 
you you literally are the captain of your ship. Mm. At the end of the day, mm. you're the captain of your ship, man. Of course, you and God, but it's it's gonna be on the choices you make. What do you What do you mean by that? Well, a lot of times, man, we get influenced about you know other people's journeys, especially artistically. You know mm. what I'm saying? You start comparison, and uh, you feel like you should be further along, or maybe doing something else, but you got to realize the choices you make within your journey are for your own race. So what worked for somebody else might not work for you. Mm. And so you got to focus on what's going to work for you solely. And I think a lot of times as artists, even, you know, musicians, actors or whatever, man, we, we too busy looking at these other lanes instead of focusing on our own race. Do you think music is, um, is an easier path? Than being an actor? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. And I, I <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I do because, man, I had this conversation in the barbershop like two weeks ago. Like, people don't understand the volume of music that you can get in a small amount of time is way more than actual content that an actor can make or produce. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I could, if, if I was a musician or if I was a rapper or something like that, I could upload a song that's two minutes long. And then get you and, and keep bumping them out. I could do like just one day of just bumping out two minute freestyles or two minute whatever like that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a little harder for an actor, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh Houston, Texas. Um my man and I, we had, we go way back. We went to junior high school together. Yeah. And um I actually uh started off my podcasting journey with him yeah. on a podcast entitled Who Cares? I still have audio bits of that, the visual too. Yeah. Um we uh we wrote a hit series in Houston, Texas, entitled Grussell Diaries years back. Classic. And uh, if, if you would like, man, I'd like to insert a scene or two. Yeah, that's necessary. <laughs> man, <laughs> that's necessary, man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, um, yeah, we, uh, we wrote a short film entitled Chameleon Sunrise. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I, we were t- I, was, ta- I was talking to Mario before. Um, we hit the record button. I said that uh, last year there was a young lady who, her friend. I was actually, I am actually trying to get her on the podcast, but we, me and kids were in this vegan spot in Third Ward, okay. and she was like, "Hey, um, do you do you uh you did a show, huh?" And I was like, "Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where you're just like, you know, finally somebody, she, finally, come on, give it all to me, yeah, <laughs> give it all to me." She was like, "You you 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 know Mario, right?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." She was like, yeah, we, 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 uh, yeah, y- y'all did a show today. Uh, uh, y'all did a show, huh? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to Clifton too. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, yeah. But I appreciate that, man. But, uh, I thought, I just thought that we would share, I should share that. Yeah. On this episode, episode 81. Um, by the way, 81 is a, is a perfect square, which means that if you take the square root of it, the answer is a whole number. So we're both born in the month of September. Yeah. September's the ninth month of the year. Yeah. Nine times nine is 81. Mm-hmm. This episode. And the only thing that would have made it more perfect is if we had 121 days left. And that's a perfect square as well. Mm, okay. So, um, but yeah, that's just a little trivia. School got back started. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having to put that math hat back on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so um, if you could define yourself with one word. In your journey, yeah. what would that word be? Man, faithful. <laughs> mm. It'll be faithful, man, because my artistic journey has taken me Louisiana, California, now back to Texas. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, man, through it all, I kept the faith, man. You, 
you know, this acting journey, mm. this not for the lighthearted. Mm. And I say that because you don't know how your journey going to go. You don't know if mm. it's going to pop in two years, four years, mm-hmm. however long. And then what's your definition of pop? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. is it a whole bunch of money mm-hmm. continually working? Mm-hmm. Or what is it exactly? You know what I'm saying? And for me, it's been continually working, like steady doing something in the craft. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's commercials, industrials, voiceovers, um, theater, film, whatever. Just steady working. You know what I'm saying? For me, I've I've come to find out that that's what defines the the success for me right now. Yeah. So uh, creativity comes from experiences. Where did you start? Yo, this is and the reason why I ask that is these this is information mm-hmm. that um over the years you don't really think to ask. You just trying to start a new journey mm-hmm. right so you just pick up where you start where you where, where you left off we left off like playing being on a team before yeah from junior high we left off from that and so when we linked back up houston texas in the ensemble and i think it was 2012 yeah it was around 2012 time. 2011 yeah. 12 around then yeah. it was one of those things where um for me i think that the the last duo that did something was ben and um Matt yeah. from Boston. So when they when they came yeah. together and wrote that project, it kind of clicked to me at the time period. But where, where did where did you get your start from? Yo, so I started with some church plays, man. Okay, no doubt. Started with some church plays, doing those plays in elementary school, and um, then when I got to middle school, I had like this deal where it wasn't really cool to do the whole theater thing. It was kind of cooler to be an athlete. Mm. It was cooler to be in sports. Mm. You know, the whole acting thing, that was kind of that was kind of whack. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, we inner city kids. We ain't, <laughs> we ain't acting. You know, we hooping. We playing football, baseball. You know all that. Yeah, yeah. And so it wasn't until college, man. Or um, In high school, I got on the debate team. Man, I got my ears pierced. My mama made me uh, join the debate team. <laughs> And so that kind of put me back into the UIL field and being back on the stage and doing stuff like that. And then in college, yo, they did a uh, a movie called A Great Debaters. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Wild yeah. College. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then that's when I jumped back in for real, for real. And um, that took me to L.A. And I was in L.A. doing student films, short films. But I see, I, man, L.A.'s such a town of, you know, grind that I got caught up doing more working than acting. You know what I'm saying? Because I was working at the L.A. Times out there in uh, L.A. And, you know, I came from from Texas, so I ain't know, you know, you got a grind grind. And I had, like, a job job. Mm. And so my grind part was, it was very little. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so I came back um, I came back out here, and I was just like, man, if I'm finna go back to Texas, man, I'm finna go all in with it. And then that's when uh, that's when I ran across you with Nassana. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, would you say uh, the time – during the great debaters, would you say, uh, what kind of, how was that process? How do you define that process? Yo, that right there was a process of, uh, grind and experience. And that kind of showed you the, the world, or well, it showed me the world of film from a behind the camera standpoint, because yeah. in that, in that, um, uh, in that project, I got a chance to be a stand in and a, uh, a feature extra, you know what I'm saying? But I actually learned more being the, uh, the stand in. Because on that part is basically when you're on a set, you have first team and second team. And basically the first team is the main actors and the second team are the stand-ins. And so you basically are on set with the actors, you know, like the main actors. Yeah. 
And uh, you get to see, you know, hitting your marks, um, the lighting, just the whole setup of a set all together. It's a bit more intimate than just being a featured extra. Featured extra, you get, you know, you're in a holding cell with all of, with all of the extras. When they say it's time for you, you come on and you get in your spots, basically to create the atmosphere of background. Because they call extras background, too. So that stand-in spot, man, was actually a gem for me because I got a chance to make some connections. With, uh, I remember Damian Leak was who I was standing in for. He played one of the – well, he played the butler – when they went to uh, Harvard University and they were staying there. Okay. Yeah. He yeah, played yeah. The button. I remember. Yeah. And so, you know, he just gave me some insight too, man, of just how this thing goes. And, you know, this this industry, it ain't like, uh, um, so you know, like if you go to uh, medical school, mm. you go this amount of time, then you become a doctor. You residency, you go to law, uh, law school. You be- Acting ain't like that. Mm-hmm. You can go get a theater degree. That doesn't guarantee that when you get out of school, you can go straight to TV or you can go straight to Broadway. It's it's more of a grind, and that's the essence of the business. Yeah. Do you think Do you think it's easier if you were to get a theater degree? Because, um, you know, Chadwick Boseman, man, God bless the dead. He, uh, well, they were speaking a lot about how he was given the opportunity, but he was in acting school. Or he had done something like that. I I personally feel that a lot of people from Howard are just successful. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think a theater degree does give you, okay, I think it gives you access to people in positions to, you know, open doors for you. And I think what happens is when you don't have that theater degree, I think you're coming into it where it's more of your talent and less of who you know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I definitely think those degrees in theater help you because you, man, you, you think about that, Um, look at that cast in Black Panther. Um, with the exception of I think Jordan, all of those cats were theater degree or uh, graduate. Yeah, Lupita went to Yale. Yeah, yeah. Winston Duke, he's a theater graduate too. Uh, yeah. All of them. I think I read that. Yeah. Even um Angela Bassett, even um mm-hmm. um Forrest mm-hmm. Whitaker too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um. So on the acting tip, how do you survive in Houston? As an actor. Yo, in Houston as an actor, you got to have you a J-O-B. <laughs> Period. <laughs> got to work, baby. <laughs> Yo, because the, the, for one, the opportunity out here in Houston, specifically the city of Houston, mm-hmm. is limited. You know what I'm saying? Everything that I do is usually in Austin, mm-hmm. New Orleans, surrounding New Mexico, surrounding, uh, surrounding areas and cities. But I noticed in actually Houston, you might get a hospital commercial here and there. You might get an industrial here and there. But actually being in this city, you know, you're going to have to work. If you're trying to survive and do it comfortably, you're trying to live, you know, comfortably, you're going to have to work. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and what do you, so here's the thing. Um, and let me find Barack Obama's quote. Go on. Keep telling, keep telling me about that uh, acting business out here. Because here's the so, thing. My, my father used to say, you can't serve two masters. Mm-hmm. That's real. And when we were doing visionary movements back in the day, you used to say, I'm an actor first. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while, years and years. I used to, I used to sit back at nighttime and I would think, what does that mean? Yeah. To only be an actor that you can't serve two masters. Yeah. And, you know, I found um, with this production thing, man, everybody has a job. That's something that Asia was telling me in the episodes that she's been on. Everybody has a job and you find yourself 
doing that job, then you're losing track of your main job. Yeah. Does that make sense? And so, yeah. and so, um, it's just a lot, a lot going on that people don't see on a set. And if you're busy trying to do everything, then you're really not a master of anything at all. Even going back to that point that you mentioned that, you know, you're an actor first. That's kind of like the nucleus of what you have to base your thing, your your life activities around. Because if you make it to where, okay, well, I'll fit acting in, you won't be acting. Yeah. And that's what I had to do because I was working full time once I touched down. But I started realizing like, okay, these opportunities that come up, I'm not available for them because I'm at work. So if I'm an actor first and I'm not acting, then am I really an actor first? Mm. And so I had to flip it from acting being part time to acting being full time and yeah. then work being part time. Yeah. And then that, that kind of opened up the lane a little bit more for me to have opportunity to grow not just as an artist, but just, uh, you know, in the scope of my mindset that whether I'm working or whether I'm doing this or that, maybe I'm not on a set, no matter what I'm doing, I'm still an actor. Mm-hmm. If I'm a, a janitor, <laughs> I'm still an actor. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah. I did a Zoom call, man, and uh, Wendell Pierce was on it. Um, it was with my mentor. And... uh he was like, you have to remember that no matter what you're doing, whatever job you have at the moment to pay the bills or whatever like that, yo, you're still an actor that's just doing something to pay your bills. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I think that's key, man. A lot of people get, you know, because it'd be ego. Yeah. You know, I don't want to do this. I don't want. Listen, man, if you if you are comfortable with who you are and secure in who you are, make your bread and still act too, man. Like, it, don't get into that thing where, you know, I'm this and that, so I can't. I can't take a job here. I can't do that. Nah, that, I mean, who are you friend for? Who? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, don't nobody care. Yeah. You know. President Obama's quote to uh, Chadwick Boseman read, to be young, gifted, and black, to use that power to give them heroes to look up to, to do it all while in pain. What a use of his years. Yeah, that's heavy. Yeah. So when I read that quote or when I was watching it on ESPN, it brought me to this, what pain do actors go through that people around them don't see and are not aware of? Man, it's that... Uh, and have you ever been through that? Yeah, it's it's that pain of you don't feel like the... that You don't feel like the work that you are putting in yields the results of the work. Because it's like you feel like he's grinding, grinding, grinding. Because you got to think, even with Chadwick, man, 42 didn't come about. I think he was I saw 35. That. It was late. I saw that. It was late in the game. I saw that. You know that. what I'm saying? For a lot of uh, African-American male actors, a lot of them kind of get out of the gate a little later than their counterparts. You know what I'm saying? And um, I think that struggle of just – putting in all those years and you feel like you keep hacking at this tree, you keep hacking, hacking mm-hmm. and it don't look like it's falling. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think all, all people really see is, okay, now they, this star, they, you know, this success, but man, it could have been like 15, 16 years. Like you don't know how many years in the making was before that. Mm-hmm. of Just this little, this maybe minor success, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you look at other people, and their success is kind of on display. You know, uh, you might think from a financial standpoint, of, oh, man, they buying houses, they buying property, doing all this type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When you equate it to, you know, material success or whatnot. But I think that's the pain of it. It's just like, man, 
I, I don't have nothing to show for all this grinding I've been doing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I just noticed like a lot, cause when you talk to a lot of artists, man, a lot of stuff that comes up is nothing to do with the art when it comes to pain. It's not about, well, oh man, this role is stressing me out. It's the elements outside of the craft, the life elements. Yeah. What a pain come in at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, that um that quote that uh Barack said that to be young, gifted, and black, that's actually a Donny Hathaway song. I remember. Yeah, and it just, you know, when you think about his life and what he was going through, just pain behind the scenes. You know what I'm saying? It almost it, it almost means that it wasn't just the pain from the sickness, it's the pain of the grind. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, and and I think it contrib it contributes to it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say that's what makes you sick. You know what I'm saying? Because that's, that's not always the case. But I definitely think that, you know, those kind of contribute to those demons. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then um, and then the fact that nobody knew and everybody – somebody I saw somebody um, on Instagram say that for the past four years, his closest circle knew that he was sick but never leaked a word. Mm-hmm. And then it goes to me – it shows to me that – um. Man, you know what, no matter what, look, 2020 has taught us so much. Mm -hmm. And I was going in a chat that, you know, 2020, my man said, uh, is anybody feeling the anxiety of 2020? And I said, 2020 has taught us so much every day. We lose Kobe. His daughter dies young. Uh, The pandemic hits. So many people die in between that. Mm -hmm. Not to mention uh, racial injustice. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So... Mm -hmm. It's almost like the pains that we deal with is not always physical. It's it's almost it's mental. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is mental. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, because you, you think about it being a pandemic. Think about being an artist in a pandemic. If you're yeah. an artist that relies solely on your art to make money, to eat, the industry been shut down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It hasn't been in-person auditions. I mean, it's been taped auditions for things that are, you know, futuristic projects that are coming. But as of like right now, since March... A lot of the auditions, even commercial auditions, in person shut down. Maybe taped yeah. here and there. Yeah. But if that's your sole way of eating, no job on the side, no day job, none of that. It's just solely acting. Imagine the anxiety that a person like that is under right now. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Yeah. Because each month, each week, you're thinking like, yo, bills I got to pay. What am I eat? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? That's... That's one of the things that make the artistic journey, you know, not for the faint-hearted. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What song's on your mind? (laughs) Yo, right now, yo, real talk, right now, it's Already by Beyonce. Mm. From the Lion King soundtrack, but she just made the video for it from the Blackest King documentary. But Already by Beyonce. Yeah, I think that man. I've been thinking about that with the whole Chadwick stuff, just Wakanda, everything, man. Why? It's it's basically saying that you're a king, and you know you're a king already. No matter what come against you, no matter what you're dealing with in this pandemic, you know these social injustices. You know we getting shot down. In spite of all of that, you're still a king. And you got to keep that mind frame. You know what I'm saying? It's it's just empowerment, man. And it's funny because. It's a black woman giving black men empowerment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And we need it right now, baby. Yeah. We need that. Need a lot of that. Bring that. And for me. <clears throat> what they say about us. Rich. Matt Black Rosie. I got to see in ghosts. I had to, man. Yeah. Um, the, um, yeah. 
It ain't been 27 summers for me, man, but it's it's been, it's a climb. Mm-hmm. And in that, you know, that, that song right there, you know, when he says uh, 27 summers, it wasn't even a goal. You look back, and I was telling my brother this, you look back and you realize, man, that you're in for the long haul. <laughs> man. You gotta be you, you and the and that's why I say like um, I've told people um, that have um, asked me about podcasting. I said it's not the first episode that you need to be worried about; it's the second and third one. Because um, after that first one, that first one is all the excitement. Even us when we were doing, who cares? Mm-hmm. We had that first one, yeah, and then the second one came, yeah. and we were just like, man. What are we going to do? Yep. The third one came. It was like, man, what are we going to do? Okay, we yep. need to get somebody else in here. Yep. We bring Chelsea in, and then it was like, okay, what are we going to talk about now? Yep. Chelsea goes on vacation. We're like, damn. Yep. What are we going to talk about now? So it's it's just a never-ending story. And then on top of that, when you really, you look up, and you, oh, damn, we done done 10. Mm-hmm. Oh, Quick. damn, we done done, we done, done 11. Mm-hmm. And then – we stopped, who cares? And then I'm just like, man, I just can't stop podcasting. I just, I'm addicted to it. And then now you look up and it's like, damn, mm-hmm. I done done 80. Yeah. That's- <laughs> <laughs> and, oh. then, and then and then it becomes a drug. Mm-hmm. Like you got to do it. Mm-hmm. You have to do it. And and so 27 Summers, man, is the song that's on my mind by Nas, of course. Yeah, it's cool. Um. So uh a couple of few years back Houston Texas we uh we got together and we wrote um an independent project a web series which I believe you know and if I'm not being biased I believe might be a staple in the city It is hey you could be hey, whatever whatever whoever want to say yo before Grussell Diaries I wasn't seeing a lot out here So now I'm seeing a lot that's all I'm going to say, man. <laughs> hey, you know, if, if you go back and look at the years in the yeah. projects. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what was before? Yeah. Yeah. So this is what we'll do. I'm going to insert a clip uh, of uh, of the series mm-hmm. just to see, just for y'all to see what type of time we were on back then. Houston, Texas, this is episode number 81 of the What's Next podcast, a production of Still Visionary, Inc. I got my man Mario Wanza here. And uh, we'll be right back. Peace and blessings. Mr. Love, good morning. You're yes, late. Yes, sir. Good morning. Have a seat. So, how are you feeling this morning? Uh, I feel good. Um, though, I have to admit, I'm a tad bit nervous. Oh? Why is that? Well, I haven't worked in a long, long time, and I really want to do well in this interview. Well, let's start off, why don't you tell me who you are? Um, my name is Sincere Love and I'm 25 years old. I was born right here in Houston. I went to Booker T. Washington High School and the High School for Engineering Professions. And after I decided to go to Howard Junior. So, I took the liberty of reviewing your application before you got here and I have to say I'm very disappointed with your GPA from Howard. Okay, well, I know I made a few mistakes in college, but that Well, was... I don't know what we can do for you. You aren't punctual, and to be a sub, you have to get here before the students. 
You have less than average grades, which will probably reflect on how you handle the classroom in the teacher's absence. And from where I'm sitting, it seems to me you have a slight attitude problem. With all due respect, sir, you, you don't even know me. What's to know? Okay, uh, Mr. Mr. Smith, uh, whatever this job encompasses, I guarantee you, I'm more than qualified for. Is that so? So did you tell Chauncey about the interview? I mean, what she said? Wiz, when I got home that night, mm -hmm. Chauncey had the mood set. Candles, mm -hmm. lights dimmed. Okay, okay. She had next to nothing on, lingerie. Yeah. She was ready for some good news, and I could tell what she had in mind to congratulate me. Okay, well, did you tell her, or did you take the congrats instead? It's, it's Chauncey. I couldn't lie to Chauncey. So when I told her I didn't get the job, that's when all hell broke loose. Oh, man, see me? I would have took the congrats first, and then told her. She was pissed. Yeah. I mean pissed. She cursed at me and kicked me out the bedroom. Wait, wait, wait. Kicked you out the bedroom? Cursed at me, then kicked me out the bedroom. Well, you, you see, that's why I can't do the sisters, man. I, I can't do all that. What you mean? Black chicks? Yes, black chicks. I, I, I just haven't had good experiences with them, man. I haven't. You're talking about Mary. Yeah, but... <sighs> Houston, Texas, man. Oh, man. You know, when I think back to that project, man, I think back, wow, we we really did it. Yeah. It took a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But that was good experience, too, because... For sure. I needed it. We did everything. Yeah. Direct, mm -hmm. write, produce, mm -hmm. edit. act, edit, mm -hmm. like the whole Market. Nine. Market. Yeah. Yeah. The whole nine. And yeah. I, I think, you know, from a progressive standpoint, man, maybe that's what an actor is now. Where you wear all the hats. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? You think about Issa Rae, mm -hmm. and you look at her grind, that's what she did. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And and that kind of brings a question about that's come up a lot of outside of a primary market, can you make it from a secondary market such as Houston or, you know, any other city that's not like a, a New York or Los Angeles. So. If you're not, if you're not doing everything. Yeah, if you're not, because it becomes a deal of, oh, well, maybe you can make it in those cities on the independent route. Mm. But that includes you doing everything. But making it in those cities without doing that, is it possible? Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, I think, honestly, man, you know, with taped auditions and, you know, everything viral right now, it's possible. But... If we're being honest, the people that are on ground zero in these different cities like California and New York, they got first deals. Yeah. I mean, even, even Atlanta. Atlanta, as much as people want to make it, it's still a secondary market. It still ain't L.A. Yeah. Either way it go. You know is, what I'm saying? Is Atlanta ahead of New York? Right now in film, yeah. Yeah. Right now they are. And that's mainly because of the incentives that you get from Georgia mm. filming. You know what mm. I'm saying? Mm. They mm. incredible right now. So, I mean, but then – New Mexico, Netflix is in New Mexico right now. They doing some stuff, and New Mexico got some good filming centers. But I don't know if that's for everyone or if it's just mainly beneficial for Netflix. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But that's that's another juggle that the artist has to make. Okay, when I choose location, unlike music, where I can just be wherever, unlike music, because of the opportunities that are available to me in certain locations, do I want to be here or do I want to be there? Do I want to be independent or do I want to have some help? Because here's the one thing about L.A. 
you can still be independent in L.A., but you're going to have to maneuver a little bit differently because of the price of living. I'm just keeping it real. You know what I'm saying? You're going to pay in L.A. That's why you be seeing people with, like, six, seven roommates. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, working three, four jobs, you know, and all that, all them degrees, all that out the window out there. You got people waiting tables with doctorates and master degrees. None yeah. of that matter. Yeah, I've heard. I hear that too often. Yeah, none of that matter out there. It's just straight grind. What do you think that um, would have helped Russell Diaries excel more? Yo, with us, man, we just need, you know, let me just say this. You never ask for no handout or whatever like that, but. If we had an extra push, not maybe even distribution, but if we had an extra push just to elevate our stage, it would be different. And I say that for this. You cannot name a single person who's got on or whatever that didn't have a platform push. And what I mean by platform push, I don't mean that somebody gave them something, but they provided a different platform with more exposure than the level that they were already on. You get mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think for Grussell Diaries, we and, and even then, once you get that plat that platform push that increases your exposure, then you get access to different people, more writers, more actors, more tech guys. I mean, more. It just opens up the realm. But when you're independent, that's part of the the grind. The grind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And again, we this was we was doing everything social, yeah. you know, marketing, yeah. filming, like. The, the yeah. whole nine, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, that's the only thing I think was missing from from Russell. Yeah, I said I said to uh, when I went out to LA last year, I said to my homegirl, you know, I got out there with my little MacBook, mm-hmm. and it just gave out. Yeah, it just was too much. It couldn't because because we had like you said we did everything on there. I did all the um, mm-hmm. editing. Mm-hmm. I did all the rendering of the files mm-hmm. on 128 gigs. It was just too much. And so when it gave out last year, I said, you've done your job. And and, and that's, you know, in that light, that's what I, I want people to realize, too, that, you know, people say a lot of times that, you know, well, I don't need nobody. I can do this. Here's the deal. Your reach is going to stop at a certain point. Facts. That's just the reality of it, man. And you hear a lot of artists say, well, I'm going to just be independent. I'm going to just do this. But even the independent artist has some type of assistance from another platform. Right. Like, even even if, let's just say with, you know, musicians, man, let's just say that they weren't on a label. They just wanted to put their music directly to Spotify. Yeah. But what's the platform? Spotify. Spotify. You get what I'm saying? So it's. It's, it's this idea that, you know, I'm super independent or, you know, and just with actors, you know, I, I can, do, at the end of the day, you're going to need a platform push. And we didn't have that, so we and weren't we, we weren't independent. We were maybe a level under that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the only the only platform uh, push that we had was YouTube. Yeah. As a place to, you know, put the product. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But see that. That's another thing too with or with the arts, man. You gotta have some type of business mind behind it. Like you gotta, like you can't just be. Just, um, Denzel used to say that too. You know, it's called show biz, but it should be called business show because you gotta know the business of it too, just as much as you know the arts of it. Yeah. And that's the thing too with the independent grind because if you in Houston, man, it you know we're a metropolitan city, but as far as you know, acting and everything like that. I will focus out here really be all gas and energy. They're not thinking about entertainment in Houston. Yeah, and uh, medical field. And medical, yeah. Yeah, that's key. <clears throat> entertainment, they, they ain't worried about it. So 
it's on you out here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Who are your top five actors all time? Let's go with uh, D. Watts going to be up there. Uh, Pacino, De Niro, Anthony Hopkins, and, um, man, this last spot, man, I kind of I kind of go back and forth between Tom Hardy and um, what you call it? Uh, what's his name? From uh, I go back and forth between Tom Hardy and um, he he what's, he plays a whole lot of different characters, man. Uh, Gary Oldman, yeah, yeah, Gary yeah, Oldman. from Batman. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And uh, and what about women? All right, females. We got Viola. Davis, we got Meryl Streep, of course. Um, we got uh, Regina King. Mm. I love her, man. Yeah, we got, she did um, her thing on um, Boondocks. Yeah, yeah. She she just her levels and late. She super dope. Um, Viola, Meryl, Regina. Um, I'm gonna go with um, man. Them three just kind of set apart. Um, after that. Man, I don't know. <laughs> Them two. Actors, I would have thrown. I, I would have thrown Julia Roberts on there. I, I just love Julia Roberts. Okay. To okay. Me. Okay. Okay. And uh, let me see if I can pick a fifth one. Who do I like to see? It's a lot. You know, it's a lot of. Let me think. Can I go? Um, and I really like. You know, who I used to like. I used to like Zoe Zaldana. Okay, Zoe dope. I used to like her. Zoe dope. Okay. I used to like her because she she did a lot of. She did a lot of those roles too. Yeah. Um, Meryl Streep better than Viola? Nah. <laughs> I that's, agree. That's a that's a that's another convo. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it come up a lot. Yeah. And you know, like the interview we was talking yeah, about, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, opportunities, man. Look, Viola cold. She is that woman cold, man. Yeah. That woman, like, we we listen. If we take gender out of it. Like we talking Viola, like top actors, male or female. I forgot to say, um, Olivia Spencer. Okay, Octavia. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah she yeah. nice too. Yeah, she is. She yeah. nice too. She what nice were you too. saying? You were saying, um, if if you take the genders out of it and you just you know think about good actors, Viola can play on either side of the field. She can play on it because her versatility, man. That woman got range, and you know, it, it just. She's in scenes with other top actors and effortlessly she don't try to steal the scene. She don't try to take the light. But she her presence, she just did like man in uh fences. Mm. The scene where, you know, D washing there and they kinda basically the confession of, you know, it's another woman. That woman tears. Mm. That woman pain, her hurt. Mm. It was electric, man. Like if you was in the theater, like it was no way you couldn't connect. <laughs> I mean, it, it, but that's her though. That's all her performances. Like I haven't seen Viola in a in a in something where she was whack. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, Viola's just ice water to me. Yeah, I mean, and it started with Antoine Fisher for me, but she was probably out before that. But you know, to be in that scene and not have very many words, but just be able to tear up like that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. And even if Derek Luke, Derek Luke was was awesome in that film, but even if he wasn't at that point in that scene, she still was there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so you find yourself 
feeling more for her mm-hmm. or, or or connecting to how she's performing. Nah, let me not say that because Derek Luke was fire in that film. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. He was I'm not good. Gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. So um you're a Houston actor. I'm a Houston actor. I'm more of a yeah. I'm a less of a Houston actor because I'm focused on other things, right? But to the next generation of kids that want to be actors as well, what bit of advice are you going to give to them to get started, to uh, stay the course, and to see some level of success in it? My advice would be start as early as you can. And when I say start as early as you can, even if it's just you getting a camera, practicing monologues, even before you get to a stage where you're doing plays or whatever, just start there. And make sure that you stay in circles that feed you, that feed your creativity. Because a lot of times when we're young, man, we're trying to find our identities. And so we kind of gravitate to this crowd and gravitate to that crowd. That was one of the things with me. I wish I would have kind of stayed with the arts, even in that little span of time in between, versus going with what was cool or what I thought was like popular or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, your gift and what you are, you know, naturally good at is going to always be what you should gravitate toward. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That's that's and, and like if it's arts, stay with that regardless. Like a lot of youngsters, man, you know, it might be cool to be rapping or hooping or doing whatever, but if your gift is in the arts, stay with it and make sure your circle around you, make sure you around people that got the same interests, even as a youngster. Keep some people like that around you, man, because it's going to be a lot of different people trying to pull you, you know, different ways and everything Facts. like that. You know what Facts. I'm saying? That was deep. Yeah. That was deep. Yeah. Uh, today is um, August the 31st, 2020, and we have 122 days left in the year. What do you hope to attain in 122 days? Yo, I'm hitting the ground running, man. I got a, a photo shoot schedule. That's another thing with this acting joint, man. You want to diversify your portfolio. You know what I'm saying? I got a, a photo shoot schedule, man. Um, representation. Uh, like I said, oh, oh, that's another thing for the youngsters. Get you a mentor mm. as early as you can in the game. Whatever field you want to do, get you a mentor early. I got one late. Like, I, I got one last year. You know what I'm saying? But it's been a difference maker, and that's part of the reason I'm doing this new shoot, too, because even when it comes to my look and just branding, I'm in a different direction now because I got some guidance in that in that lane. And so, yeah, I got a shoot schedule up, man. Um. I sent, I want to get that project that I sent you off the ground too. That's an independent joint. But um, basically, man, I want to make use of 2020, 2020, even though it's pandemic stricken. And I feel like that fourth quarter, I always like, I, you know, November always be nice for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I don't know what it be, but it, it's always nice for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. I want to make sure that I got all my tools, everything set for November. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, um, we've been in this uh, mentorship, uh, I want to say blitz, where we've been doing a lot of, uh, because of the, the pandemic, we've been doing a lot of meetings with different industry execs and everything like that. And, uh, the most recent one, went, uh, we had met uh, Anthony Hemingway okay, and uh, Wendell Pierce. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, Wendell Pierce is, I just finally caught up on um the Wire. He's he's yeah. he's been doing it for a while. And Treme, have you heard of Treme? No. The show in New Orleans. No. Yeah. So my mentor played the dentist on there. But yo, a lot of these cats, man, that you you know that you 
see on TV and maybe sometimes you like that's one of the things you can be successful and not be a a a, a big a list or whatever type star. And I think people sometimes equate well if I don't see you on TV, you ain't doing nothing. And people yeah. be actually making money, voice so like it's all kind of stuff. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. With this last push, man, that's what we on this this rebranding. You know, pushing this new product, keeping my hand in the independent field. You know, in the independent lane. But um, yo, this this print modeling been taking off for me. Yeah. So you know, I'm gonna drop some stuff on IG too in regards to that. But yeah, it's diversifying the acting grind more because outside of this, well, outside of the primary market, that's key too. Diversification. Yeah. Um. Most importantly, the last question I'll ask is, what's next? For you, yo. For me, I would have to say I've been kind of I've been kind of on the fence with you know moving. You know what I'm saying? But what's next for me is solidifying my place artistically as an artist who or an actor who made it from Houston in Houston. That's what I'm on. You know what I'm saying? I think now I've kind of said, yo. Unless it's a opportunity that just I can't pass up to where I have to absolutely move and live outside of Houston, then yeah. But um, nah, I'm gonna do it from here. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. So what I like to do on the podcast, man, is I like to give out an exclusive SVI T-shirt one. Yo, to every creator that comes on the podcast, and then now this year the new edition is the exclusive. What's next podcast t-shirt that I get out to every creative. We got a lot more to delve into, but I'll save it. I'll save it. Um, But it's, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Uh, We uh, go way back. You know, it's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of uh, laps that we ran, you know, doing shows at the ensemble. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Driving down to Lake Jackson. Yeah. Drive, <laughs> driving to Huntsville. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> driving Facts to Huntsville. Though. Facts, though. Uh, performing in front of a crowd of two people. Mm-hmm. Literally. <laughs> uh, a performance rehearsal, felt like. Uh, killing tour edge shows at the ensemble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been a pleasure. Yeah. And uh, we're going to have to... Do it again. Yeah. Houston, Texas, it's officially Virgo season. When this episode drops tomorrow, September the 1st, 2020, it'll be Virgo season. My man has a birthday on Friday the 4th. Happy birthday to Beyonce. Happy birthday birthday to Black Blues. Uh, Queen Ruby Lee. Yeah. I'm on the 18th. I'll be back soon enough. Yeah. Beyonce, Houston, Texas. I do what I do for myself to prove that I can do it for others. Peace and blessings. Private party.
private party. You gon' be nice and naughty. These walls all priceless, Audi. This the upper crust. Fuck us up. Over and done.